Expo delayed is not Expo denied. With 100 days to go before the World Fair opens its gates, the grounds are buzzing. The site is bigger than 600 football fields, and there are 20,000 workers daily busy building, welding, and adding the final touches ahead of the grand opening on the 1st of October. The event, running over six months, will be one of the most ambitious ever. I'm Nilantana Gupta, and on this week's Beyond the Headlines, we take you behind the scenes of Expo 2020 Dubai. First, if you want to get all the latest from Beyond the Headlines, hit subscribe in your podcast app now. That sound you hear is the chirping of birds. Soon to be complemented by the hustle and bustle of people pounding the pavement, it's also the sound of optimism. For this expo is happening in just 100 days after it was delayed a year by the pandemic. Expos are global events dedicated to finding solutions to challenges faced by mankind. The theme for Expo 2020 Dubai will be connecting minds and creating the future. In November 2013, the Bureau International Des Expositions or BIE decided Dubai would host Expo 2020. It is the first ever expo to be held in the Middle East. Ramola Talwar, journalist with the National, was on the ground in Paris for the announcement. Their uh, project was approved with more votes than the other countries had got. So there was a lot of excitement at that point. Um, Uh, there were fireworks uh, here in dubai when the news was relayed across here i think educational institutions here got a day off as well so reemal hashne is now in the core expo organizing committee and she was then as well uh, minister of state so uh, she spoke you know she took um, the audience then through the entire journey of what uh, the uae was planning um, how the country would uh, provide some exquisite moments the legacy that they planned because even at that time even in 2013 they kept talking about how uh, the site would be used even after the expo ended what was interesting what i remember is how she spoke about the spirit of a young country that you know look to this future with enthusiasm with hope and she spoke about this as the essential spirit of the expo fast forward 8 years The expo site is now a completely new city. What used to be desert is now transformed with buildings and architectural marvels. The entire site covers about 4.3 square kilometers. For comparison, that's twice the size of Monaco. The whole site is shaped like a flower and the center of the flower is the Al-Wasl Plaza dome. Al-Wasl in Arabic means the connection. The dome encloses a space of 724,000 cubic meters. That's the volume of almost 300 Olympic-sized swimming pools, and it is taller than the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It also doubles as a 360-degree laser projection surface, making it the world's largest projection screen. From there are three thematic districts: sustainability, opportunity, and mobility. which are shaped like a petal emerging from the Al-Wasl Plaza. 
Around these petals are country pavilions where each nation can showcase their heritage. There are three entry portals. It takes about 12 minutes to walk from one of the entry portals to the Alwasal Plaza. The portals were designed by British architect Asif Khan. Inspired by Arabic mashrabiya architecture, each portal has a set of 21 meter tall doors. If you see the portals from a certain angle, you can actually see the Expo 2020 logo in it. There is a large flying saucer type building off to one side, the Sustainability Pavilion, which is part of the Sustainability District. It is completely off the electricity and water grid. They don't pay a penny for power because on the roof of this pavilion there are about 1055 solar panels. These panels are very special because not only do they take the energy of the sun but they also use the reflections from the ground. So it's a two-way energy feed process. Here you can also see energy trees which are like sunflowers. Their heads follow the sun and draw its energy. Depending on what time of day you visit, they'll face a different direction. Marjan Faraiduni, chief executive officer of the Expo, explains what the sustainability district has to offer. There are many reasons for people to uh, come and visit um, and one of the most important ones uh, from the Expo team perspective is to uh, get the visitors to um, uh, go on a journey that uh, inspires them uh, to take action uh, actions that would protect um, the world that we are uh, part of um, you know and recognize uh, that we are living in a, on a planet with limited resources and and that these resources are running out uh, as a direct uh, result of human Uh, consumption and human action. Um, the landscape is very beautiful, and um, you know, if you come during the day, you can see butterflies, you can hear bugs, uh, caterpillars, um, uh, all part of the natural environment of this pavilion. But you can also um, experience these this really magnificent energy trees uh, and see solar panels uh, very close to you, um, and and then uh, you you get to see um, something we hope. that you haven't experienced before and that is to uh, go under the ocean and under the forest and learn more about uh, nature so there's so much to see i also feel proud to have been part of bringing this pavilion to life and um, because of uh, the purpose of the pavilion and the role it plays in Uh, hopefully inspiring the future generation on how to take care of the environment and how they can play a part in 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 taking care of the environment and the world that we are part of more than 190 countries are taking part in this expo and it's the first time countries have decided which thematic district they want to be in in previous expos they were laid out geographically but what will be in these country pavilions Here's Mohammad Al Ansari, Vice President of Communications at Expo 2020 Dubai, to give us an idea. It's the first time every country will have its own pavilion, um, with more than 60 live events per day, from business forums to national days, um, to cultural events, to um, other entertaining uh, programs. More than two hundred 
F&B aspects from uh, innovative experiences like, for example, the Netherlands, where you ca- they, they have their climate control in their pavilion, um, to Germany with the first ropeless lift, um, to the mobility pavilion, which has the biggest lift in the world, um, to great experiences like, for example, going to the Brazilian uh, pavilion and uh, kind of experiencing the Amazon um, or going to Rwanda and going for a virtual reality tour of a gorilla trek, even experiencing uh, Michelangelo's uh, famous David sculpture in the Italian pavilion, uh, which is done fully by 3D. So there is something for everyone. Um, and I would like to say that each and every group can come and find something truly exceptional. If you're a designer, Uh, or an artist, um, or an architect looking for inspiration, then this will be the place to be with new innovative buildings, the play with materials, the play with space. This is going to the place uh, for your inspiration. If you're a businessman looking for business opportunities, you've got more than 190 countries with their programming, and a lot of international business forums for you to connect with one another. Um, If you are a parent and wanting to enjoy this expo with your children, then this is going to be the place that you would want to be uh, with experiences that have the, uh, the link between fun, exciting, interesting, and above all, uh, educational. And I would say the, the robotics and uh, the different technological advancements in terms of the pavilions, uh, we are expecting a lot of great innovations. We leave the sustainability district and go towards the mobility pedal. On the right-hand side, we see the mobility pavilion, which resembles a giant fidget spinner. It houses the world's largest passenger lift that can transport more than 160 people at a time. Marjan Faraiduni explains that this pavilion is not just about people or cars moving. It is also about the movement of information and knowledge. There are three big rooms in this pavilion. One of my favourite acts is actually... Um, uh, the first one that takes the visitor to uh, the past and reminds them of a few giants uh, uh, of mobility. And what I mean are these are individuals who've played a big role in, uh, in, in, in the sciences and in the movement of human progress over the years. The way that we have presented these giants of mobility is in a very fantastical way. They're larger than life, literally and figuratively. One of my favorite uh, areas in this pavilion, and I can't wait for visitors to experience it, is when we uh, take uh, the visitors through uh, the Mars corridor. Uh, And this is a great uh, testament to the UAE's uh, Mars mission, which we're very proud of and which has been successful in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and and really, it's a space where uh, people will learn more about what this mission is and also learn about Mars. Uh, we'll also get uh, information that we're receiving from the probe. The expo site also has the Dubai Exhibition Center. It will host conferences and major events, including the World Government Summit. 
Nearby is the Dubai Metro. It started service to the station on the 1st of June. At the moment, it is only open to Expo staff, but it will be open to visitors starting from the 1st of October. If you use the metro, you'll enter the site through Dubai Exhibition Center. It is the fourth entrance to the Expo site and would take about seven minutes to walk from the Expo Metro Station to Al Wasl Plaza. It's no coincidence the metro lands you near the Mobility District, and Expo organizers are encouraging visitors to take advantage of public transport and taxi services. The Expo Rider is a complimentary public bus service that will operate from stations in Dubai and other Emirates. There will also be thousands of car parking spaces. Muhammad Al Ansari explains how accessibility is key here. So the Expo site is going to be interconnected with the city in all of the different aspects, from buses that are going to be made available to the uh, taxis to the easy navigation of coming to the site to the metro as i mentioned uh with uh, one trip 22000 and going back is 22000 so around 44000 uh, uh passengers uh, it's going to be highly interconnected and easy access from the different cities other than that inside the site is going to be very easy to navigate uh, with a lot of signage uh, and hopefully great weather and different parks where you can come and resting areas um, and also beautiful different uh, designs and architect that will help you in that stroll around this grand site now we can move out of the mobility district and head into the third and final district opportunity here there are more country pavilions the chinese pavilion which is inspired from the chinese lantern the saudi pavilion has an amazing feat of architecture like a window opening up to the sky then the usa pavilion is a replica of a spacex rocket it will not launch in case you're wondering and then the pure white building that is the uae pavilion the largest of all countries it has been built in the shape of a falcon in flight which according to its architect symbolizes the uae's bold and daring spirit the opportunity pavilion will show how small actions can make a big impact in the areas of food water and energy The sheer size of the site and the diverse number of experiences will no doubt have visitors enthralled. It's so big, it even has its own service station of the future. The cover of the service station looks like a gaff tree, and in fact, it looks so much like a tree that birds have started nesting in it. And while Dubai and indeed the UAE is no stranger to hosting huge events and conferences, We are slowly emerging from a pandemic. Muhammad also explains how the expo hopes to set the stage for a post-pandemic future. 
Expo has become truly important and its main theme, connecting minds and creating the future, has become very, very important right now. Um, as the world is going through this different, different challenges, the thematic weeks are ways in which we are going to tackle these questions, climate change, biodiversity, equal access to education, um, healthcare, and all the rest. Also through these Expo Live program, which is an innovative uh, partnership program um, backing 140 projects from uh, around 75 countries um, and each offering their solutions to the world's challenges. Um, the Expo's Global Best uh, Practice Program um, is another way where uh, we are going to look into 50 different projects that are imp have impactful, sustainable solutions uh, to our biggest challenges. Also, there's going to be the Expo's World Majlis, uh, where we will be bringing thought leaders uh, uh, in to be discussing different matters. When the event was built for 2020, organizers said they were expecting 25 million visitors over the course of the six-month event. But given the pandemic's impact on global travel and tourism, will the event achieve the ambitious number of visitors? This is what Dubai Tourism Chief Executive Isam Kazim said. Giving a number is going to be very, very difficult. Current circumstances is, is, uh, is something that I cannot predict, unfortunately. Um, but again, I mean, uh, it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be a very welcome challenge for us because, again, I mean, whatever Dubai puts us, uh, sets its sights on, we, we tend to achieve. Experts say the success of the event should not be measured by the number of visitors, but rather by its impact on the UAE's economy. We spoke with Scott Livermore, Chief Economist at Oxford Economics Middle East. I think the biggest misconception is that the impact really depends on how many people go through the gate. And clearly that is important for the recovery and important for the short-term outlook for the UAE economy. But as I said earlier, there, there are longer-lasting impacts around infrastructure, around the UAE marketing itself, which have longer-term impacts well beyond uh, the event itself. I think you have to look at the impact on expo, of Expo and the UAE economy through three channels. Firstly, you have the infrastructure build up in order to host the event, and that in, that's been developed and is going to have a long lasting impact on the UAE economy. Secondly, you have the impact of the visitor numbers, the impact of the event itself. And clearly that's a bit more challenging given the COVID situation and probably has more uncertainty about the size of the impact. And finally, there's the marketing opportunity, the opportunity for UAE and Dubai to present itself in a positive light. And again, that will have a long-lasting impact beyond the event itself. Expo organisers say the event will enforce strict COVID-19 safety precautions, such as social distancing, and regular sanitization of all areas. Thermal cameras will monitor the temperatures of visitors. There's a vaccination program for the expo staff and the pavilion participants. The Nationals' Ramola Thalwar explains how the pavilions are implementing safety protocols. The expo organizers have tried to um, talk about with the different countries and uh, emphasize the need for safety they have uh, given them specifics about how many people 
will be allowed inside the pavilion uh, you know the amount of safety measures that have to be taken within i think devices are there in some of the pavilions to let people know when they're gathering too closely i think what expo organizers have also talked about is that their priority markets uh, they've had to be flexible because uh, for instance india has uh, is suffering from the second wave of the pandemic everyone hopes that things will change there uh, they've also not been able to do uh, promotions in many of these markets because it's not sensitive to do so with the numbers so high because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic so what uh, uh, the organizers have tried to say is that they've tried to be as flexible as possible so that they would be able to attract at least the leisure and business travelers so here we are on the threshold of expo 2020 dubai momentum is building and excitement is growing for the officials when you speak to them it's a really emotional time for them they get almost choked up when they talk about seeing driving to the site every day some of them have talked about how they used to literally count this number of solar panels you know and so for them it's for, for everyone i guess it's very important to make this work after the 6 month extravaganza ends on the 31st of march next year the expo's legacy will live on in the form of a smart and sustainable city called district 2020 80% of the expo's infrastructure will be reused and will continue to attract businesses and people to work live and visit there will be workshops and exhibition spaces commercial and residential areas and parks and when it comes to propelling the uae into the future surely this expo will pay dividends in terms of ideas and innovations for many years to come you were listening to beyond the headlines i'm nilanjana gupta thanks to our guests marjan faraiduni mohammad alansari scott livermore and ramola talwar this week's episode was produced by aisha khan and arthur edison if you like this episode of beyond the headlines please subscribe and leave us a review